0: Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve
1: or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two
0: very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And this week, we're doing one of our Read, Watch, Listen episodes. So Dawn, why don't you tell us what those kind of episodes are? That's when we're going to talk about everything that we've been reading, reading, watching on TV or movies, listening to music, podcasts, that sort of thing over the past month. Yeah. So it's basically our monthly roundup. Um, I used to do this on my blog, but it's fun to do it in person. And we get Dawn's picks instead of just mine. But um, Dawn, I, I feel like we've, we've just hung out, you know, and we just saw each other and now we're seeing each other again. But we went on a little field trip yesterday. Yes, we
1: went shopping yesterday, which Should have been shopping for the holidays, but amazingly
0: enough, we ended up at a bookstore. (laughs) And only shopping for ourselves. (laughs) Yes. So, and it was awesome. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. And what's interesting is if you listen to this podcast, you probably won't be surprised, but we both went to completely separate sections of the bookstore and then didn't see each other for a while because we were in totally different areas. And we did put up a contest, not a contest, but just a little question on our um, Facebook page of whose stack is whose. And you guys, y'all are not getting it right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you don't even know us. I know, gotta pay closer attention to what we're picking. Um, so if you wanna see that, you can go to our Facebook page. But this week or this month, I've been reading kind of all over the place. So my my picks are gonna be, um, since it's November, it's gonna seem like a Thanksgiving time, but I've been reading these through October. Some of, some of these may seem a little, uh, the read watch list may seem a little Octobery, y um, but I think they're still good reads at any time of the year. So um, my first one that I'm going to talk about is me and Dawn both this month, because we, you know, influence each other at our reading with this podcast is we pick something that we each chose on the podcast in a previous episode and read each other's pick. So for me, I chose Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon because all of the hype and all of Dawn's, you know, talking about big blue aliens, I was super curious. (laughs) I am so excited. She finally read this. Yeah. So we're going to call this the Dawn Talked Me Into a Category. (laughs) (laughs) And y'all know I'm not opposed to aliens in general. So um, what I will say, it was a really fast read and it was a fun ride. So these are one of these, this is one of those books that you have to go in kind of tongue in cheek and knowing that, you know, it's big blue aliens and it's going to be a little silly and you know that it's okay and just kind of roll with it if you take it too seriously you know it's not going to work for you but so I enjoyed that it was a fast read and a fun ride but I am the queen of angst so Dawn I was missing the angst in the black moment and it was a little too easy that she was like hey big blue alien yes let's totally do it (laughs) you know right now it's fine be no problem with that (laughs) it is very
1: low angst and it's funny that you read it because I just read another one in the series this week because Mm -hmm. as we were preparing for our no shame episode I realized oh I don't have this one and it jumped onto my kindle as they do you know so but I'm so glad
0: that you tried it yes and I will say if you're looking for a fun page turner I definitely read it in like one sitting I think it's 170 pages or something so um so Dawn yes it. It worked for me as a page turner, but I do have to say there's a parasite thing that you did not warn me about. And I feel slightly betrayed. I <laughs> completely forgot
1: about the, the parasite thing is kind of icky. I will, I will give you that. I completely forgot about it until I started getting these texts from Ronnie. And I was like, oops,
0: <laughs> should have mentioned that. <laughs> yes. And I did read, I was going through the reviews on um, Goodreads for it just to see what other people thought and, Somebody said that the word that they use for the parasite or the thing that vibrates to say that it's your mate in Russian, I think they said is the word for penis. (laughs) So so she said reading it, all that vibrating, (laughs) she kept picturing a penis. (laughs) Worked on a whole new level for her. Right. right. So I don't know if that was purposeful on the author's part, but yeah. So the more, you know, Um, but yeah, so I did try it and it was a fun read, but yeah, I need I need more angst. Like my, my last hour of GAN book that I've recommended a couple of times, like it's super, super angsty aliens. So I need my aliens to have a little bit more of the feels. <laughs> so. Dawn, what's your next pick?
1: So I read No Exit, which you had recommended um, by Taylor Adams. And if you uh, have been listening to us and you heard Ronnie's recommend- recommendations, if you follow us on social media, there's pictures of my um, journal page for this book because nothing else got done for the entire afternoon. I had this magic block of time where I could have done things like laundry, planned meals for my family. I mean, they're all grown, they can find their own food. (laughs) So I I sat there in beginning to end, read no exit, and it was so good, I loved it. Oh, good. Sucked me right in, Um, had a twist that I did not see coming. There was a couple, of course, being an editor, there was a couple of things with the plot where I was like, eh, but I went with it. I kind of, Editor Dawn took the back seat, Reader Dawn sat down and read the book. Um, so I there was a few minor things, but otherwise I would absolutely recommend it. There were a few parts in there I would have appreciated being warned about <laughs> just because there, there is some violence mm-hmm. and just to say without giving any spoilers i'll just say i pretty much never want to open a door ever again but that's okay
0: (laughs) yeah and to me that one kind of read like a horror novel i think that's why i liked it so it had some horror elements to me um yeah with with suspense mixed in so yeah i'm glad you liked it and that's a good one for anybody who's looking for something to read in the winter that's cold because it's set in a very snowy um snowed in you know setting so it's perfect for winter um my next one is another one I'm going to recommend to Dawn because she is our superhero person and our, you know, <laughs> duo here. I'm still learning about superheroes, but I picked up Vicious by V.E. Schwab um, mainly because I loved The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. So I was open to reading whatever she wanted to write, um, even if it was about, you know, superheroes. So a little bit about the book. This is set in al- an alternative version of our world. Where EOs exist, and they, that's what they call extraordinaries. So substitute in superhero kind of thing, but they're rumored to exist. And the book is focused on college roommates Victor and Eli, and they decide to test if it's possible to have an EO. Like, what would that actually, you know, be possible, and how would you become one? So they figure out, with all their experimenting, that if you have a near-death experience, you come back with powers. And it depends on how you died and what you were thinking on what your powers are. So everybody comes, if somebody has a near death experience, they come back with different kinds of powers. So when Victor and Eli decide to experiment on themselves, things go horribly wrong as these things tend to do. (laughs) And so always, yes. And so you, you kind of start in that section and it does a little time jumping. So go with the book when you start, because at first you're like, wait, what's going on? Because it's, you know, it goes back and forth in a timeline, but The book fast forwards 10 years and that's when Victor Vale is just getting out of jail for a 10 year sentence. So this is one of the college roommates. You don't know what happens. Like as the reader, you don't know what happened yet. You just know that Eli is now like his ultimate enemy and Victor is set on revenge. So, and then Eli has his own plan because he thinks, even though he is now an EO, that they should all be eliminated because they're unnatural. So this sets up like that big, you know, good versus evil battle. And they each have sidekicks that they pick, you know, along the way. But what I liked was nobody is totally good, so I think that's why it's called vicious. They're kind of both villains, um, but some have more, you know, noble reasons than others. So you end up liking, you know, certain ones or whatever. I'm not going to give spoilers, but um, it was so propulsive and page turning. And I, as a reader, and I'm sure Don, you too, I tend to skim some of the the fluff in a book because we're just used to reading and we know like, okay, blah, 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 setting description or blah, 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 this. Um, So that's why we're such fast readers. We can kind of skim those things that are not important to the story. Well, I kept wanting to do that in this book, like to rush through because I wanted to see what happened. But if I skipped like any word, I realized I missed something. Like every word was important. And as a writer, I was like so impressed and jealous uh, (laughs) that V.E. Schwab could pull this off that, no, I needed to read every paragraph. I could not skim anything in this book. So Um, She's totally become an auto buy author for me. And I'm, you know, putting all of her books on my TBR. So if you want something that's different, and I am not a superhero person, this is not, this shouldn't have been my jam. And it was totally my jam. So that's Vicious by V.E. Schwab. Well, and I just want to point out my evil plan is working because Ronnie
1: (laughs) read big blue aliens and superheroes. It's all coming together. (laughs) I'm totally being manipulated here. Well, and that one absolutely went directly onto my TBR list. It is sitting on my Kindle waiting for me next week. I'm very excited about reading that one.
0: Awesome. Don. what's your next pick?
1: Um, my next one, of course, because y'all should know about this about me, but as I, we found out from the guess who stack of books is whose, <laughs> I'm the one who's into thrillers and suspense. So my next one is Hidden by Laura Griffin, And I mean, the um, series title for this is The Texas Murder Files. So how do I not pick that up? Like, how do I not read that? And it takes place in Austin, which is one of my favorite places on earth. And which was really interesting because you've got to be careful when you're writing about an area that's real and you get very, very specific. And that was really what was kind of cool about this is the author does get very specific and the places she's mentioning and the streets, like I know those places I've been there. So I could absolutely picture it. And it obviously is a murder mystery. It starts off with a woman being murdered at the jogging trails by Lady Bird Lake in Austin. And, it's still, it's it's a typical, it's a journalist who is looking for her next big story and she ends up working with the detective on the case and there's a very slow burned romance between the two of them. This isn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call it like a romantic suspense because the romance is definitely the secondary storyline mm-hmm. and there's other multiple point of views. It's not just the hero and heroine's point of view. What I really liked about it is the authenticity of the characters, because so many times you have the journalists, but they really tone down the journalistic part of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and because they're so overcome with the hero's handsomeness <laughs> that they forget, this girl is a bulldog. Mm-hmm. She is like every time he like avoids one of her questions, she asks like fifteen more, trying to just like journalists do, trying to get the actual answer. And so I really enjoyed it. There um, is a couple of places where it felt a little disjointed, but it all comes together. So like you were saying with the other one, if you kind of stay with it, you you get the whole story.
0: And on our shopping trip, I picked up the next book in the series and I was very excited about that. Yeah, that sounds good. And yeah, I I'm always nervous when I write books that are set in real places. So sometimes I just invent towns because I am stressed about people being like, no, no, you turn left at that light, not right at that light. And they would end up somewhere else. So yeah, I'm always nervous about that. But um, my next one is, it's going to sound more like an October read, but I think it's a great winter read regardless. So it's Cackle by Rachel Harrison. Now I've heard this, this is one of those genre bending books. So I've heard it called Cozy Horror. I've heard it called paranormal women's fiction. So, I don't know what the hell to call it, but I will say it's not a romance. So, if anything, it's an anti-romance but like in a good way. So, I'll get into that. But the story is after getting dumped in a 10-year relationship that she thought would be forever, Annie leaves New York City for a teaching job upstate. So, she moves into this small village and meets Sophie, who is this charismatic woman who she like lives in a mansion in the woods. So, here's your first sign. <laughs> <laughs> so no nope, big wrong. red
1: flag right there nope no mansions <laughs> in the woods
0: mm. um but sophie's really nice to her and but annie notices that like the other people in town are really just careful around sophie and she doesn't have to pay for anything when she goes in the stores and stuff like sophie just takes what she wants um so and then strange things start happening to annie at the house that she's renting including i'm giving you a trigger uh content warning for spiders so I will say I almost gave up on this book at the 30% mark because there are spiders involved and there's one scene that's a very gross thing. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. And then, but I had heard such good things about the book. So I went to Goodreads as I do sometimes and I'm like, give me a reason, Goodreads, why I should continue to read this. So I started reading reviews and then I found out that the spider actually becomes a character in the book and he's sentient, (laughs) So he wears a top hat sometimes (laughs) and his name is Ralph. (laughs) And there's a funny reason why his name is that. Um, So I kept reading and I'm glad I did, Um, but it's, I don't want to give anything more away because if I say anything, it's going to spoil the story. But what I loved was that it was a really feminist story and you kind of don't know what to think of Sophie and she might be good and she might be bad and you know, you're not sure, but how that all comes together It's about a woman, you know, finding herself and not needing a guy and all of those things. Like she's getting over this breakup and how to be your own person. So that's why I'm saying it's like an anti romance. It's like falling in love with yourself, um, which I think is the women's fiction element. But it was really different. And I like different. And it was also just fun and interesting. So if you can get past the gross spider portion, the spider then becomes very friendly. And I just pictured him if you need a trick. I just pictured him as a cartoon spider. So I wouldn't picture an actual spider. I just pictured a cute little cartoon spider, like you know, in Charlotte's web or something. <laughs> and then I was okay.
1: <laughs> Charlotte so. walking around in a top hat. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't know if you can if the spider can endear me, even if he's got a top hat on. I don't even know if I'm down <laughs> with that. Because as we've mentioned before, we both
0: live out in the country now. Mm-hmm. And do you know the spiders are so much bigger out here? Like. I can't even talk about it. I have killed two this week <laughs> <laughs> that could have had a personality, could have worn a top hat. You know, So yes, I, I'm terrified of bugs and spiders in general, but I got through the book once I got past that part and it was really worth the read. So that's Cackle by Rachel Harrison. Dawn, give us one that doesn't have spiders. <laughs> no spiders, no spiders. Um, my other
1: one for this month is An Adventurer's Manifesto by Megan Rowe. And this is a debut author, but the book is so much fun. It is about a woman who um, has gotten a divorce and she has decided basically to start her life over. And she joins a group called the Digital Nomads. And it is a group of really fun characters that for a year they're traveling around to a different country every month and they all work remotely. So they're kind of all stuck together. They have all these adventures and the main character's manifesto was she's doing a blog and her theme is that she's going to say yes to everything that isn't obviously physically harmful, illegal, that kind of thing, and really kind of get out of her box and try all these new adventures. And it's just, it's a fun like travel story And uh, there's a hint of suspense to it because this is going to be a series and the overarching um, plot of the whole series, there's an underlying suspense element, but it's not necessarily a a suspenseful book Mm -hmm. and it's got, you know, hot guy.
0: So that's always, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It sounds like she might, the author might've read Shonda Rhimes the year of yes. (laughs) That whole thing where she said yes for a year to everything. So that's probably, I'm guessing that's where she got her inspiration. But all right, those are what the books that we've read this month. Um, so now we're moving on to watch. And I've been watching a couple of different things. So it's going to be a mix for me. But so this is one of my picks that kind of, it was the end of October. And I was looking for something that I could watch that was sort of Halloweeny themed, but Halloweeny. <laughs> Now I'm picturing a little dog dressed up in a Halloween, a weenie dog dressed up in a Halloween costume. Okay, a Halloween That theme. wasn't what I was picturing. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, one that wouldn't scare my kid, you know, but also would be fun to watch. So I had never seen Zombieland and um, decided to give it a try. And it was so good. I was so delighted to find one that I hadn't seen before that really did pull off um, a fun movie. Because one of my things about horror is one of my favorite combinations is horror and comedy. And Zombieland did a really good job of that. So it's Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg um, kind of meet up in this post-apocalyptic world where, you know, everybody's turning into scary zombies. And so they decide to team up and they're trying to go across, you know, the country or whatever. And what, what I found funny in this is as a writer, when we have characters, the characters have to have a goal, right? Like that is what they're going towards. And Woody Harrelson's goal in this movie is perfect. Like I loved that. I'm not going to give it away because it'll ruin the fun, but he's got a very specific goal. This is all he wants. It's a very simple thing, but that is what's sending him across the country, fighting off zombies. And I loved that they had to give him some goal in a post-apocalyptic world. Like, what are you going to do in this world? That is your goal. And they're like, it's this. Um, Yes. And then the secondary characters were Emma Harris and Abigail Breslin, which they were you know, really kind of badass girls and just, you know, really giving the guys a hard time. So I like that they were kind of the tougher of the group. Um, So a really fun movie. I I enjoyed the whole thing. I've actually seen
1: that. So Mm -hmm. this is like Dawn's level of horror. And um, I've used Woody Harrelson's goal because I just picture the writing room on this (laughs) and everyone sitting around and somebody like me sitting there going, no, he has to have a goal. He has to be working through two, has to be working to something mm-hmm. in someone going, well, <laughs> <laughs> how about this? <laughs> this is gonna this is gonna be his goal. Will that make you happy? And it works perfect. So yes, I do like Zombieland. Um speaking of writing rooms, my uh watch for this month has been we, we, mean, me and my husband have been re-watching Castle. Mm which Castle was on a while ago. Um, And it is uh, Nathan Fillion, who I just adore. And he is a writer and he teams up with a uh, detective with the um, NYPD because he has a relationship with the mayor, like a friendship, not like a relationship. He has a friendship with the mayor. And so he gets to follow this detective around and that's where he's getting his inspiration from and it's really especially the earlier se- um, seasons are very like kind of monster of the week of but it's fun looking at it through the eyes of a writer because he's a he's a thriller writer and so like they find this dead body and he's like "Ooh, how did they kill him <laughs> and he's all excited and um, as the series progresses, there's a very, very slow burn relationship that develops. And so we've been watching that and it's a lot of fun.
0: That sounds like fun. I haven't ever seen that one, but that sounds like something I would probably enjoy. So although I could never be a thriller writer, like following somebody around with murder and stuff, I'd be totally freaked out. <laughs> so, dead bodies, no thank you. Um, my next one that I was watching is, the Shadow and Bone series on Netflix. So, I've mentioned that I read the books, Shadow and Bone, that's by Lee Bardugo. And I loved the books. It was one of those binge reads that I went through them like really fast and bought everything in the series. And, you know, so I really, really liked the books. And, you know, that's always scary when you really like a book that you're going to go and watch the TV show. So, I had started this a little while um, back, but I finished it this month. And I thought they did a really good job. So this is a fantasy world, which is always a challenge, you know, to kind of put on the screen, how are you going to picture it? So um, I think they did a really good job with setting up the world. And there's this thing called the shadow fold, which is like this dark, cloudy thing that you can't go through without, you know, getting attacked by these kind of demon things. Um, And so they had to build this, you know, on the screen. I think they did a really good job. My only picky thing was in the book, there's a character called the darkling now that's a good character name and they ended up changing giving him an actual name in the show because they didn't want to like call him the darkling i guess and the, the actor they picked for him he did a good job acting but i pictured him as like this like really young hot guy and eh. <laughs> <laughs> Hate it when that happened? the darkling really didn't do it for me in the show um the rest of the characters i think they did a good job with the casting but i was just like yeah you know he's kind of older than i would have pictured especially for you know the main character to even have any kind of attraction to him or whatever so it's my one critique but i did really like it and i've heard it's going to be um, renewed for a season two so and then i think i did warn you guys when i mentioned the books that the series also takes into the Six of Crows series. So Lee Bardugo has like an adjacent series that's in the same world and it blends those books together in season one. So if you haven't read Six of Crows, um, but you've read Shadow and Bone, you're going to get spoiled on some stuff with Six of Crows. So fair warning, you need to read both of them first. But um, what's your next watch? Well, I will say on this Shadow and Bone,
1: um, I haven't read that and so I'm, that series doesn't interest me, but my husband is a, has been basically obsessed with the Wheel of Time series mm-hmm. the entire time I've known him. And that series comes out this month. Oh goodness. <laughs> they have made it into, I, I think it's on Amazon Prime. So next month, I'm sure I will be talking about that because last night at dinner, he laid down the law of we're watching this. I don't care what you know, he was basically explaining to our kids, I don't care if your arm has fallen off. Don't bother me while I'm watching this show because I will be watching it beginning to end. So- Have you you read the books?
0: No. No, okay. No, and I think that's- I was just gonna say, I think it'll be interesting if you've not read them and he has how y'all both perceive the show.
1: (laughs) Well, and I can tell you already what's going to drive me crazy is we all know that I ask questions all the time. And so I will be like, okay, so who is that? So what is this? So is this going to happen? And he won't tell me. I already know he's not going to tell me. Mm -hmm. And so, and he just answers me with, you know, I'm not going to tell you. And I'm like, that's (laughs) well, I'm going to continue to pester you. So we have that to look forward to next month. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll watch that. Um, last night I did a, we are having a family movie night. Mm-hmm. and we used to do this all the time but my kids are in college and working and that kind of thing and so uh we watched jungle cruise mm-hmm. and it's the rock emily blunt um jack whitehall who is hilarious was in it it was actually scarier than i expected it to be <laughs> because you want to talk about a trigger warning for spiders snakes oh like yeah snakes so many snakes Mm -hmm. was not expecting that for a kids movie and um also bees oh was an yeah yeah but it's really cute it's a lot of fun and when we got done both of my kids who are college age were both like okay so that was cool it was all right you know Mm -hmm. so highly recommended if you want to get the whole family together to watch but if you have little kids there are there are some scary moments in it that if my kids had been younger, I can tell you there was one specific moment that my son would have been like,
0: Yeah, now, and we would have had to turn it yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> so. Fair warning snakes and bees. We're just recommending all kinds of fun stuff today snakes, bees, spiders, you know. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Well, my next one has no snakes, bees, or spiders. So this is um, a movie on Netflix. It's a new movie called Love Hard. Um, and at first, I was like, the title's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird title, but if you watch the movie and you pay attention, you'll see why it's like the perfect title. And if you don't, if you can't figure it out by the end of the movie, then go Google it because you'll be like, oh, okay. So, um, this is a Christmas romance story and it has a catfishing setup. So, um, the character, I don't remember the characters' names now. I just know the actors and actresses, but Nina Dobrev, who was from The Vampire Diaries, um, she is in california i think and see i didn't write down my summary y'all could tell but she's writes columns about her bad dates so she's you know a writer and she goes on all these horrible dates and she writes about them but she's getting really tired of like always having the bad date and ironically the beginning of this movie it's very much like the setup of my next book that comes out next year with a bad <laughs> date story so it was kind of funny but um anyway so then she decides to go you know on her dating app she just picks like she widens her area where it's not just like the people in her area and she ends up you know talking to somebody in a small town in some wintry city i can't remember which one it is now but uh and they he's got a really cute picture and all of that so they start chatting and he says something like i wish you could be here for christmas and then she decides to surprise him so i will say going into this you have to suspend disbelief that A, they're not going to Skype or Zoom chat beforehand to prove that they look like they look. She does ask one question that he like takes, he sends a picture that holding up her name or something like to prove that it's him or whatever. But she could have done a little bit more research. (laughs) So if I was flying across the country, I would have done a little bit more research. So anyway, she flies across the country to this wintry small town and shows up at his door and his parents answer. And they're like, you're here to see, you know, him and he's I think it's Josh and they're so excited and just like thrilled like you're here for Josh and like oh my god and, you know all that and then he walks out and of course he doesn't look like his picture because the picture was of Darren Barnett the actor who's in like he's the hot guy in every like teen new adult kind of movie on Netflix <laughs> you'll know him if you see his picture that's the picture she had seen but then Jimmy O. Yang walks out instead so you know kind of short Asian guy not what she was expecting She's been catfished and she's pissed. Um, so <laughs> as you he, wouldn't be right. But so he's, you know, tries to get her to like, don't say anything in front of my parents because he's like happy that they're so happy that he's with someone and um, she's going to leave, obviously, but he convinces her to stay because he knows the guy in the picture. So the guy that she thought she was going to see, he lives in the town too. And he's going to like, so Jimmy O. Yang's character is going to help kind of get her with this guy. If, she pretends that she's actually his girlfriend to his parents. Of course. So we have a fake relationship, which in romance is a you know, very uh, beloved setup. And it was really cute. And I'm really picky about new Christmas romance movies. Cause I feel like the best ones are in the past. You know, I think all of us feel like whatever our era was, um, but they did a really good job with it. And I did a full review. I'm doing a new thing on my uh, newsletter, which you can get at Ronnie I'm doing a romantic movie marathon where I break down these romance movies that I'm watching and what kind of romantic tropes they have in them. And I'm going to do this hopefully for the next year is my plan. So if you are interested in a more detailed review, or you want to see the movies that I'm going to be watching from throughout the the decades, um, you can go to that website and I will put that link in the show notes. So that was Love Hard on Netflix.
1: Well, and this movie is everywhere right now. It's all over my social media. I've heard so many people raving about it. And what cracks me up, I need to watch it, but what cracks me up is there was a parody of Walk the Line, um, which is a movie about Johnny Cash, several years ago that was called Walk Hard. Oh. (laughs) So every time I see the name of it, that's what pops
0: into my brain and I have a feeling they're very, very different. <laughs> yes, probably <laughs> so. And when you said parody, it made me think one of my favorite scenes in this movie is they take the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside, which is a very rapey song. <laughs> you know, if you really listen to the lyrics. And it's they slightly change, problematic. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, and they change up the lyrics to make them more modern. So I appreciate it. It was, it was a cute little scene. So Dawn, what's next on your list? I, I can see what's next on your list. It's one of my favorites, but go ahead.
1: Yes, we have been um, watching the
0: British baking show
1: again. And if you haven't discovered this on Netflix, first of all, how have you not? Because it's been out there forever, but it's so soothing and I want to eat everything. They make everything. Like there's not one thing that they've made that I was like, yeah, I wouldn't try that. I'm like, yes. Now. <laughs> um, Cause they make these gorgeous things and that just look like they would taste so good. And so My husband and I have been watching that. And the thing that's great about this season of it is there's not, usually there's at least one person that I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm done with you. You can go. And we really haven't had that this season. And that's what made made it so hard is because we're about to be at the finals. I think they're down to like the final four at this point. And it like, I like teared up when the person... Had to leave last oh. time. And it it we know, high empathy person, I can cry at anything, but they're at that stage where they all hold hands. They all like loop arms and hold hands while they're waiting for them to announce who is the one leaving. Right. And they all the thing I love about this show is they will all help each other. It's very low competition. Mm-hmm. because on American cooking shows, it's very, you know, <laughs> cutthroat. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm going to sabotage you. I'm stealing all of your forks. Mm-hmm. And this literally like somebody will be done and they'll have one person who's struggling and like two other people will be like, tell us what to do. How can we help? Do I need to stir this here? Let me lift that up for you.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so it's just, it's, it's just good for my soul. It makes me happy.
0: Yeah, I agree. This was our cozy pandemic binge watch when the pandemic first, you know, was shutting everything down. We went through all the seasons and I haven't watched the newest one yet. Um I'm looking forward to to savoring it, but yeah, it makes me hungry. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. speaking of hungry, my next one is um also a food related one, but one night I was just kind of my husband was out of town and I wanted something easy to watch before bed that wasn't going to require too much brain power. And so I turned on um, Magnolia Kitchen on my Discovery Plus subscription. So Magnolia Kitchen is Joanna Gaines. I'm sure everybody knows who Joanna Gaines is, Um, but she now has a cooking show. And I watched the first episode. And what I thought was so funny about it is that you can tell like she's just the kind of cooks like we are at home. Like she is not a professional chef. She does not know all the terms. Like she's looking at her recipe from her own book, like trying to remember how much to measure because she probably has never measured it, you know, in her life. She just like makes it at home for however. And she kept asking the producers or the camera guys like, wait, do I need to do this or do it like, and they let them talk back to her. So like you heard that part, they didn't cut it out. So it was fun to watch because it's like, you can tell they're like, Joanna, you need a cooking show because you're the biggest thing right now. And you mm-hmm. you know, can do this and all that. And she's like, well, I just, you know, I know how to cook these couple of things for my family kind of thing. <laughs> so it was just fun to watch because it's like, this would be me on a cooking show. Like, wait, how much do I put in there? Or where did I put that thing that I, you know, I'm supposed to stir that in? It's just, she makes a mess. She spills things, you know, so it's not like the polished cooking show that you're used to. So I thought it was kind of a fun watch. So that's Magnolia Kitchen. I don't know if you can get it on anything but the Discovery Plus streaming. So, you know, if you don't have that, I'm sorry, but.
1: Well, and I love that because my son likes to cook with me mm-hmm. and um, my daughter will happily live off of restaurants her entire life. Like, but my son very much like he will actively come out and hey, when are you cooking dinner? What are we cooking? And he would get, he gets so frustrated with me
0: mm-hmm.
1: because there's certain recipes that like he wants to know, and he wants to be able to cook when he moves out. And he's like, okay, but mom, how much paprika goes in this? And I'm like, I don't know. Keep shaking. Yeah, that's enough. And he's like, oh my God, can you measure anything? <laughs> yeah. Can you, and it's not that I'm some grand cook. It's not that I have, but I've cooked things that I've cooked for so long I know what looks right. Sure. Sure. And so we, um, for Christmas, I got him a um, cookbook, a blank cookbook that on the front of it, it says, we'll say stuff, but it doesn't say the word stuff. Mm -hmm. My mom taught me how to cook (laughs) and it's in our kitchen so that we can like stop and write down. Okay. How much do you think that was? Okay. Measure that was, you know, a fourth of a cup or whatever. So he will have that.
0: Yeah. And I am a person who follows recipes because we've talked about my cookbook addiction and I do follow them, but I'm a very messy cook when I'm cooking. So like my cooking show would just be like flour everywhere and like <laughs> dishes piled <laughs> as tall as my head. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a messy cook, but I will say I did try one of the recipes from the Magnolia Kitchen episode I watched, which were like these meat pie things that she took um, pre-made biscuits, like from a can and mm-hmm. rolled them out and then wrapped them around like ground meat and cheese and stuff. And um, it was really easy. So I liked the idea of it being easy, but the recipe itself that I got offline said to bake for 30 minutes. Y'all, if I would have baked these for 30 minutes, it would have been (laughs) hockey pucks and completely black. So, you know, the recipes, I would just kind of eye things. It took about 15 minutes versus 30 for me. Um, So yeah, maybe not the best on the recipes, but it'll give you ideas for what to cook. But well, and I
1: have to say, We went on our our field trip yesterday and we were in a bookstore and Ronnie did not go to the cookbook section. I was worried about her.
0: I thought there was something wrong, but she didn't go. I actively resisted because I knew. I knew if I went in there, I'd be in trouble. And even at half price books, cookbooks can be expensive. So I was like, I don't want, I don't need any more cookbooks right now. I know that never matters, but yeah. I resisted. I was there for the historical romance with the Fabio covers. That's what I was there for yesterday. And we had so much fun with those y'all. Y'all just, you just don't know. Okay. Tell us what you've been listening to, Ronnie. All right. So Sometimes I just need background noise on when I'm like reading and my husband's out of town and I don't want to hear scary things outside. <laughs> so um, one night when he was out of town, I put on dancing with the stars in the background. Cause you know, I don't actively watch it anymore, but it's one of those things that you can pop in and out, you know, and not have seen the previous episodes and still enjoy. So I put it on and I didn't realize that it was Janet Jackson night on dancing with the stars. So every song um, that they danced to was Janet Jackson and I forgot how amazing Janet Jackson is <laughs> and how great those songs are. So I'm like, how did I forget this? Cause I had her whole Rhythm Nation album. I had, you know, the uh, greatest hits and all of that when I was, you know, kind of, that was probably high school age for me. That was mid nineties, right? Mid to late nineties. And uh, yeah, so I went and like downloaded all of Janet Jackson stuff on my Spotify because I'm like, I forgot, I forgot how much I love her. She gets, you know, overshadowed by Michael Jackson. Um, but yeah, she's got some really good Good stuff. So, yeah, I've been listening to lots of Janet Jackson. And then my other listen is I am a Taylor Swift fan. So, she just came out with her new re recorded Red album. Um, I'm sure everybody in the world knows that she's re recording her albums because she wants control of her music. They sold her records or her originals to someone she really doesn't like. Um, and he's in control of her music and makes some money from it. So, I went and downloaded the new version because as a writer, who I, you know, I don't own my books either. So when you go into regular publishing, your publisher owns the books basically um, to some degree and you get a small percentage and you can't like get them back. Like I couldn't just go and publish a new version of Crash Into You, like Penguin owns that. Um, so I appreciate that she is taking back, you know, her books and doing her own thing because she doesn't like who's making money from her thing. Like I'm okay with mine right now. <laughs> I don't, my enemy isn't a hold of my books, but i um, so... If you care about that kind of thing, I encourage you to, to re- go and download her re-recorded versions. And she really does, considering it's like 10 years different, they sound almost exactly like the originals. So I'm impressed that she can like nail it still like to that degree. Cause I mean, how many times do you say something in 10 different ways and how could you nail right. it exactly the cadence and everything? So that's what I've been listening to. So all the girl power, Janet Jackson and Taylor Swift. How about you, Don? Well, and my
1: daughter came through the other day, and I was like, hey, you know, what are you doing? Because she'd been in a room, and she was like, oh, I've been listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> and nine-year-old me is just thrilled right now, mm-hmm. um, because uh, evidently she also released a short film,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I haven't seen the short film, but Michelle was all excited about the short film, so it's it's a thing now. Yes, yes. So and I was excited to actually have something to add to this category because usually I don't listen to podcasts. I don't really listen to audiobooks, but um, we are a football household and we watch all the college games, all the um, NFL games. And we have discovered Monday night's The Manning Cast. And this is Peyton and Eli Manning, who are just adorable. And it's them basically just watching the football game together and they have uh, the games going on one side and then they're in little boxes on the other side and they bring in very famous guests. And it's hilarious to me because it sounds like just sitting around listening to two guys watch a football game Mm -hmm. and every now and then they'll... They'll talk about the game or they'll be in the middle of a conversation with the guest and something big will happen in the game. And like, everybody just shuts up for a minute. And a lot of times Peyton Manning is holding like a red solo cup that, you know, does not have like apple juice in it or anything. (laughs) Everybody just freezes and they all watch the game and then they're like, okay, so what we were saying and they go right back to it. Um, but they're brothers, if you don't know anything about it, they're brothers. And so they have that little bit of sibling rivalry going back and forth and it's really entertaining. So that's my listen for the month is we've been listening to that on Monday nights.
0: Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned it because this week was the first time I even heard it existed because I was on the couch reading and my husband was watching the Monday night game. And I looked up and saw the Peyton, you know, Peyton and Eli in the boxes. And I'm like, what, what is this? And he, he's like, Oh no, they just watched the game and talk. And I was like, okay, that's different. And then, you know, you told me about it. So it's, it's weird. That was the first time that I had seen it and you brought it to us today, but all right. So those are our read, watch listens for November. Um, and I don't even know if anybody's listening to us right now, Dawn, because when this comes out, it's black Friday. <laughs> so Oh, So I will be listening to us because I am not venturing out into that craziness (laughs) for nothing. Amazon is my friend. (laughs) Hopefully we've given you big stacks of books to buy for other people and for yourself. But um, speaking of which, we still have our rad reading recs of the week. This is our favorite favorites that we like to add on our main list on our website. So Dawn, what is your rad reading rec of the week? So mine is Breath of Deceit by Selena Lawrence.
1: And it is the first book in the Dublin Devils series. And I know because we sometimes talk about me and my love for shifters, these are not actual devils. This is a mafia (laughs) romance. Um, And it it is dark, but I love mafia romances. And so this has an Irish crime family and they um, hire a female hacker and totally here for all of it. So what I, re- this is the beginning of the series. It's the first book. And so at the beginning, there's a little bit of setup and a little bit of, hey, this is this world. These are all these characters. And so it's, a I don't even want to say it's slow in the beginning, but it's just setup, mm-hmm. And then it like takes off and don't have anything else planned for the rest of the day because you're going to be reading the rest of this book. What I really liked about it is that the hacker, Lila, she is a super strong female character, but she's very... Um, she's very smart and so it's not the laura croft strong female character where she's fighting people herself she uses her brain and she uses her mouth and she does not sit around waiting for any of these guys to come in and save her that's not mm-hmm. her personality at all and then um Kian, who is the one of the three brothers in this family per, he is the perfect anti-hero He is the, I am going to take care of my family. I really don't care if it involves following the law or not. And he's got his own code and he's kind of being forced to go against that. And so there's the other brothers, there's the, um, their father is an absolute tyrant. And it just has this heart-wrenching family dynamic that's amazing. And it reads kind of like Sons of Anarchy meets Road to Perdition or Casino, because there's some some gambling stuff involved in it. And so I really loved it, read it all the way straight through. Actually, way back when, when this first came out, I got an advanced reader copy of it because I absolutely begged the author <laughs> because I was like, no, I really want to read this. Please, please, please. So great book. It is a cliffhanger though. And so everybody needs to know that it ends on a cliffhanger. There are three books in the series and it ends on a cliffhanger.
0: All right, so plan to buy all three. All right. Mine's going to take a little bit of a turn. Um, it is a romance and it's kind of an old school romance. I don't remember what year it came out. I'll have to look at, look it up, but it's an older one and it's perfect by Judith McNaught. So the reason why I thought of this one, Hey, it's on my favorites list, but um, it came to mind because in this book, the hero, Zachary Benedict, he's this Academy award-winning actor. And he ends up wrongly convicted for murdering his wife, and the way that happens is he uses a gun on set that he thinks is a prop gun, and it's a real gun, and his wife is on set, and it kills her. So then he goes to prison for it. And with the Alec Baldwin situation that happened with the prop gun, like that literally has happened in real life, not his wife, but so that made me think of this book. But so in this book, we have um, Julie Matheson is the heroine, and she's kind of she was a foster child; she didn't have you know, roots and stuff. And she had this wonderful adoptive family that took her in. And so she's, you know, living a pretty good life now. She's a respected teacher in this like small Texas town. Um, And she's really kind and just a good person. And my one critique of this book, my very one critique is that the heroine's a little too perfect. The book is called perfect. So maybe that was on purpose. (laughs) Um, But she's just this really sweet, you know, person who's overcome all these things well, Zachary has gone to prison for this. And the back cover copy, I loved it. You could tell it's an old school romance when it's after the tall, ruggedly handsome Zach escapes (laughs) from a Texas prison. Prison. (laughs) I love that. So we just used to put it on the back cover, tall and ruggedly handsome. Um, But he abducts Julie. So on his escape, he abducts her and he forces her to drive him to this like Colorado mountain hideout. So she's really pissed. um, And she's You know, cautious because she she doesn't know if he's guilty or not guilty, and what's what's the deal with him. So, but she has like these hints that he's innocent, so she kind of has this inner feeling that he might be innocent. And he's really cynical and like that kind of hero that's just like seen it all and really bitter. And so, and she's like sunshine, so it's the sunshine kind of grump thing. Um, But of course, they're both intensely attracted to each other, um, and they're going to have to learn to trust each other and eventually hopefully prove Zachary's innocence. So I can't resist, I don't know what this says about me. Please don't come and abduct me scary people, but I do love <laughs> a captor captive story. So things I like to read about, things I don't want to experience. I know I'm putting this out in the world do not come and capture any of us. But I love that kind of setup in a romance. So um what I wrote about it in my book journal, I read this in 2013. So Um, this is what I wrote. This was a Judith McNaught that many people told me was their all-time favorite. I'm glad I listened to them. I love how she writes books that show characters from pivotal moments in their childhood and then brings you forward in time. It gives the stories an epic feel and you're totally emotionally involved with the characters because you feel like you've known them for so long. Um, And speaking of emotions, I have to say the black moment of this book gutted me. I felt like I needed to go cuddle puppies or something to make me feel better. Um, It's a feat to make me feel that bleak about a couple's outcome when I know it's a romance and I know there will be an HEA I wanted to scream no and look away hoping it wouldn't really happen. Um, yes I know it's fiction but good fiction makes you forget that it isn't real um, and this one did that. So this was it, it really did have that epic feel because you do see the characters when they're younger and all of that and old romance gave more time to that so it's a longer book um, but so so good and when we me and Don were in the bookstore yesterday I found a copy of it and it wasn't the copy I have, I have the older cover, but I almost wanted to buy just the other cover and, you know, push it into everybody's hands because it's so well done. So that is Perfect by Judith McNaught.
1: Well, and I totally think we need to start having a scale of black moments because we talked about in one of our previous episodes that sometimes that moment can just be kind of dim if you don't mm-hmm. want angst. And so we could have like a continuum between dim and I need to go cuddle a puppy. right? <laughs>
0: So so today we have Ice Planet Barbarians, which is hardly any conflict or, you know, black moment of any kind versus you need to go cuddle puppies right now. So wherever you fall on that scale, we have something for you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that is all of our recommendations and um, things to talk about today, but we do have a new place you can find us. Um, Dawn, why don't you tell us about that? We have an Instagram Yay.
1: because <laughs> I was taking pictures during our adventure yesterday. And we were like, we totally need an Instagram. So you can find us on Instagram at, at
0: rad reading podcast. So clever of a name uh, and come to, to Instagram. Tell us what you're reading and watching and listening to this month. What are you going to be doing? You know, while you're off for the holiday, what if, you know, you're going to binge movies and stuff, you can come and give us your recommendations um, we also still have the Facebook page. So that's also at rad reading podcast. And if you want to find us individually on Instagram, we're at Ronnie Loren and at Dawn Alexander books. So um, Dawn, I hope you have a good black Friday in your house, hiding from everyone <laughs> snuggled up under that blanket, yeah. reading a book. That's exactly where I will be. We'll be reading about black moments on black Friday instead of having <laughs> yes. one in a, in a store. But um Thank you for listening, and we hope that every read you pick up is wrapping. Bye, you guys. Bye.